Welcome, language-loving listeners. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Love, Joy, and Languages, a podcast about loving languages and finding joy in learning them. I'm your host, Heidi Lovejoy, and I am so happy to be here chatting about language learning and just getting my thoughts about it out into the world. Last week in episode seven, I gave some of my perspectives about overwhelm in language learning, the main sources of overwhelm and my top tips for dealing with it. Now, there's a lot more that could be said about language learning becoming overwhelming, of course. So I've been thinking that the next idea I want to explore with you is what I call good enough language learning. As I mentioned in last week's episode, I think one of the main sources of overwhelm in language learning is expectations. Sometimes our expectations are just too high, like wanting to go from beginner to advanced in a language in a short amount of time. And other times, what we expect from language learning, like having hours a day to study or easily recalling vocab we've learned, doesn't become a reality. In any case, our expectations can easily lead to overwhelm. And I've talked a lot throughout this season, especially in episode three, about being a perfectionist and how it's affected me as a language learner. And this is a dangerous intersection where perfectionism meets setting expectations. It's a place that is almost 100% likely to lead to overwhelm for me. For as long as I can remember, I've struggled to learn how to set realistic expectations when it comes to any sort of work, whether it be academic, professional, or personal, any task I set my mind to, I have a seemingly natural inclination to underestimate the amount of time and energy that will actually be required to complete the work to the perfect or near-perfect, exceedingly high standard I set for myself. Knowing that I often have unrealistic expectations, and knowing that for me, this is like a side effect of being a perfectionist, something that is very deeply rooted to my core, to my entire history of being, what can I do? Of course, I can constantly reevaluate my expectations, maybe set a goal knowing that it's likely to be too aggressive and then come back to it over and over until it seems more reasonable and reachable. And this works sometimes, but other times I feel like I'm cheating myself. If I'm not aiming higher, not pushing faster, not telling myself that I can do it to a higher and higher standard, I feel like I'm not doing enough. And in a way, this feels like a constant inner struggle. I'm making progress in my languages, so no matter the goal, I'm working toward it, but I have this mental pendulum that swings back and forth between am I expecting too much of myself and I'm not expecting enough of myself. So I'll tell you a story. About eight months ago, we moved into our new house in our new country. I'd been studying German for about seven months, but not too hard. Most of that time, I was still living in Italy, focusing on Italian, and then focusing on last-minute travel and moving preparations. But I was making progress with German, and with the help of my language coach, Lindsay Williams of Lindsay Does Languages, I was able to set realistic language expectations throughout this big transition from Italy to Germany. Once we finally moved into our new house out in the countryside, I was often surprised by the sweet little old ladies who would stop me on the sidewalk or ring our doorbell to chit-chat and ask questions about us. Of course, I had learned the basics of self-introduction, and after telling our names, where we're from, how long we'd been in the country, I became less confident in these conversations, and I would take really long pauses trying to search for words to say, usually looking for words that weren't yet part of my real learned vocabulary. Luckily, these women were always incredibly kind and patient, and I never felt too upset or disappointed in myself for not being able to do more, but I always left these conversations with a new desire to try saying more. One day, a lady in our neighborhood who I'd already met before stopped me on the sidewalk to say hi. 
We had already introduced ourselves several days before, so I couldn't keep it on that same comfortable conversation this time. I don't remember exactly what we talked about that day. Probably something about the weather and the kids. We were on our way to the park, so I'm sure I mentioned that. But I'll never forget the first thought I had once it was over. Wow, that was amazing. Not perfect, but good enough. And I had such an adrenaline rush from it. I was ecstatic. I couldn't understand every word the woman had said, but I understood enough to respond appropriately. I couldn't say every single thing I wanted to say in full, grammatically structured sentences with properly declined adjectives, but I could say enough that she responded appropriately, having clearly understood what I was trying to say. And this very specific instance led me to take hold and take ownership of the concept of good enough. After that day, I thought a lot about good enough language learning. And I started on a path to making this, this good enough, a key part of my language learning vision. So what does good enough language learning mean to me? When I say it like that, good enough language learning, it kind of has a feel of settling for less, right? Like, oh, I can stop studying now. I've reached level B2. That's good enough. Or I don't need to learn all the grammatical cases. I've learned nominative and accusative, so that's good enough. It's not quite what I want to explore today. Although, if that's what feels right for you and how far you want to take your languages, there is nothing wrong with that. I support every single language journey, no matter how long or short it is. But where my train of thought is going is based on the idea that at different points throughout our language acquisition journey, it's beneficial to accept less than, less than what you want or even less than what you know you can do. It's okay to accept being good enough in the different phases of language learning. And the good news for me, and perhaps for many of you, is that good enough is the opposite of perfection. The opposite of perfection isn't total failure. It isn't making all the mistakes. It's accepting something as good enough in order to complete the task, to move a conversation forward, take what you can from a resource, and advance your language learning without getting burdened by imperfections. I have some key examples of what it means to me to accept good enough in language learning. First is a concept of good enough words. How many times, especially as a beginner in a language, do you find yourself constructing detailed, complex sentences in your native language in your head, but then when you go to say it, you realize you just aren't advanced enough to say it this way in your target language? This can be really troubling because we want to feel natural and authentic in our conversations. We want to show our true level of intelligence and depth. But if we don't have the vocabulary for expressing ourselves in that deep, authentic way, it feels limiting and we can get discouraged. When this happens to me, I often find myself frozen or frustrated, which then often leads to a very awkward end to the conversation and leaves me feeling overwhelmed, not good enough, unaccomplished. But let's take a step back and consider the purpose of language learning. No matter why we're learning a language, I think it's safe to say that the main purpose is to communicate, right? It's an added benefit if we can say everything we want to say exactly how we want to say it. But that's not the purpose. That's not the goal. So what if we made communication the first priority in all of our conversations? What if entering into any dialogue in our target languages, we took one moment to consider what we want to communicate? The goal is communicating that thing, not proving ourselves as deep intellectual thinkers who know all the right terms to use for everything. Kids make incredible examples for this. 
Children are acquiring their first language, or maybe two native languages at once, but they have nothing to fall back on, no other native language to translate from. And if you listen to children a lot, you'll notice how naturally they find good enough words when describing something or telling a story. For example, I have an earring holder that's made from an old wooden picture frame, and all of my big dangly earrings are hanging on it. A couple weeks ago, my five-year-old son was looking at it, and he wanted to ask why my earrings are on a picture frame, but he couldn't think of the exact words, and I could see that moment of hesitation. The wheels were turning in his head, and he was trying to quickly think of what to say, but what he ended up asking was this, Mom, why are your earrings on one thing that you hang up and put pictures in? And my response was, my sister made this picture frame as something for earrings to hang on so that I have a nice place to display them. He couldn't recall something or picture frame in that moment, but he seamlessly came up with good enough words to communicate, one thing that you hang up and put pictures in. And I understood him perfectly, so communication wasn't obstructed in any way, and it also gave me an opportunity to give him the words he was looking for in a non-aggressive, non-corrective way, just naturally plugging them into my response, another opportunity for him to hear the words in context and perhaps recall them again later when he needs them. How brilliant is this that my five-year-old, as he's working to acquire his native language, finds ways to work around the words that aren't so common to him or words that he just can't recall in the moment. And he wasn't even flustered. It occurred to me that this is the natural state of language acquisition. It's normal to forget words or simply not know them when acquiring a language. Language is communication. Finding words to communicate what we want to say is really what it's all about. So focusing on communication as the purpose, it becomes easier to consider good enough words when speaking or writing our target languages. And this can show up in a lot of different ways. For example, like my son did, using words to describe what you want to say. Like, maybe I've forgotten the word for chair, but I can remember the thing you sit on. Or I don't know the word for giraffe, but I can say the animal with a long neck. If I can describe what I'm wanting to say, often the other person will immediately understand and even give me the forgotten or unknown word, and I can repeat it back to them and then keep moving the conversation forward with no breach of communication. Or maybe a good enough word will come in the form of an opposite. I don't know how to say sad, but I do know how to say not happy. Another example could be using synonyms or similar words. A few weeks ago at a local restaurant, my daughter wanted extra sauce with her spätzle, but neither of us knew how to say extra, so I just ordered spätzle with more sauce with a bit of a questioning look on my face to communicate that I wasn't quite sure if I made sense, and it worked. It was good enough for communicating my daughter's request. And sure enough, she got extra sauce with her spätzle. We can also consider good enough words when it comes to grammar. In German, I can't easily say... I'm a mathematician by trade, but I've been a stay-at-home mom for 10 years, and I'm looking forward to my husband retiring so I can go back to work as a data analyst. But I can say the equivalent of, I am a mathematician, I studied math at university, I do not work now, I am home with the children, I work again when my husband doesn't work anymore. Translated to English, it doesn't sound near as good, it doesn't sound natural to me at all, but in German, it communicates what I want to say, my trade and my desire to work, and that's the goal. That's what I want other people to know about me when they ask, and I have words that I can easily recall to communicate this. Now, if I find myself in these conversations often enough, I can also spend study time learning how to expound on the good enough vocabulary and grammar I already have in order to construct more advanced, complex sentences. 
What I can say is good enough for now for the conversations I have now at my beginner level, but I can use my current good enough as a starting point for the next level. And that's the next area of good enough that we can consider as language learners, a good enough level. In Italian, it's always been my desire to reach an advanced level. And it's really easy to get discouraged because I'm not there yet. After five years of studying the language, four of which were lived in Italy, I'm still not advanced for many reasons. But lately, especially since moving out of the country, I've started viewing my Italian journey and goals in a different way. I still want to get to advanced, and I'm working on it, slowly chipping away at new vocabulary and grammar, having speaking lessons every week. But being honest with myself, it's important to consider how I'm using the language right now. Right now, I need to be able to get around while traveling in Italy, and I need to be able to chit-chat with my Italian friends, talking about life in Germany, kids, thoughts and feelings, the COVID situation. For that, my current level of Italian is definitely good enough. And if I don't find contentment and pride in that, if I don't consider the importance of being situationally good enough, then I start allowing in the negative self-talk, the doubts, and the limiting beliefs that will only stand in my way of progressing on to the next level. One day, I want to move back to Italy for good. I want to buy a house. I want my kids to go to school there. And I want to be self-sufficient, not relying on translators or friends or apps. And my current level won't be good enough. But because I've already learned how to be confident at my current level, accepting that it's good enough for my current situation, I can look at those next levels along the way with less stress and less overwhelm. I'll just be building on what I already know, not starting over, and the learning curve is in my favor. So I know my current level of Italian isn't good enough for my long-term goals, but it is good enough for my current uses of the language. And because I'm still making progress, focusing on getting better and understanding more, my good enough level will continue to rise as my needs for the language rise as well. So talking about my long-term desire to move back to Italy and live linguistically self-sufficient, it brings me to the next topic of good enough language learning that's floating around my head. And that is good enough goals. Thinking about the future, I don't have an end goal for my languages. And some of you may not either. But some of you may scoff at that or wonder how I can measure success if there isn't a real goal. But like I said, as a perfectionist, I put too much stock into goals. I easily slide back into that mental state of measuring my self-worth and my value by how many incredibly high goals I've reached, and I stop enjoying the process. I stop appreciating the language, and I don't like being there. I don't like that version of myself. So aside from just keeping in mind that I want to eventually use Italian as my main language and understand German to a comfortable level of communicating, my real goal in both languages is just progression. And I can track that. I can measure that. I have my list of things I'm capable of learning now. Then I actively learn, recognize, and use them. And eventually, the new words and grammar structures become more natural, and I stop thinking about a translation in my head. So every time I notice that something easily rolls off my tongue without me having to think about it first, I know I've made progress. Every time I understand what someone is saying without having to pause and silently search for a translation, I know I've made progress. Every time a concept becomes clear and I can recognize it and use it without thinking through it, I've made progress. When I read or speak for longer periods of time without stumbling or having to pause, I've made progress. So for me, this overarching goal of progress, something that I actually track, 
is good enough. I don't need a formal goal of reaching B2 or C1. That becomes overwhelming and not at all fun for me. But progress, that's fun. That's easy to focus on. And in the end, I will get to B2 or C1 anyway because I'm progressing and I'm working in that same direction. But good enough goals can be different than this too. They can be smaller. If reading an entire book in your target language feels daunting, maybe reading one chapter is a good enough goal for you right now. If watching a TV show in your language is too difficult, maybe watching it with subtitles is good enough right now. And if you can't ever find a solid hour or even half an hour to study grammar and do exercises in your textbook, maybe five minutes of study is good enough for today, and doing one set of exercises is good enough for the next day, and then creating your own sentences using the newly learned concept is good enough for the weekend. Finding and accepting good enough goals for your language learning now helps focus on progress, chipping away at that language a little at a time, and it sets a foundation for always seeing growth, not letting yourself get bogged down or discouraged by not having yet achieved your highest goals. And that brings me to the last point I want to make about good enough language learning. Accepting good enough things in our language lives, good enough words or level or goals or amount of study time, it isn't static. Just because 10 minutes of study time is good enough for you today doesn't mean it'll always be good enough for you. Or just because your life situation, maybe you've changed jobs or moved houses or you've been sick, if that requires you to lower your standard of what's good enough language time now, that doesn't mean it'll always be that way. Flexibility in the various phases of our lives is absolutely necessary. What words are good enough for you to travel to the country of your target language next month may not feel good enough for you to travel back again in two years or five years or for the 10th time. What's good enough for a conversation with one language exchange partner may not feel good enough for another. Good enough is also situational. For example, if I have a medical emergency here in Germany, my good enough words at my current level while under stress or pain will undoubtedly be very basic. Parts of the body, pain level, allergies to medicine, and some very limited way to describe what happened. And it would probably include a lot of hand gestures. In a situation like this, focusing on communication is critical because pausing to think about the proper gender of a noun and if it's in the accusative or data form will only delay and confuse proper medical care. But later, if I'm telling the story of what happened to friends and I'm no longer in pain or under serious pressure, my good enough words will include a longer story in full sentences with a broader vocabulary that describes what happened in more detail. Or even less dramatic, what I accept as good enough in a conversation that happens at night when I'm tired and my brain is slow isn't going to be good enough for a morning conversation when I'm feeling energetic and can focus better. And accepting something as good enough is a game changer for my confidence. I can't tell you the number of times I've beat myself up over forgetting basic words in Italian when I'm having a late night italki session. But when I accepted my tired brain and said, you know what, that's good enough for my energy level and awareness in this moment, I became more proud of myself and I was able to see the communication instead of the mistakes or the pauses or the mental translation. So now I want to know, what types of things in your language learning have you looked at from a good enough perspective? Do you see an area where you know you aren't performing perfectly? Maybe you aren't expressing yourself at the same level you would in your native language, but you are communicating. The receiver of your communication understands you and responds to you. Is there something you've been putting off in your language learning because you don't have time to focus on it 100%? 
But maybe it could be good enough for you to focus 20% or 10% because slow progress is greater than no progress. Think about this. Think about how accepting what's situationally good enough or good enough for your current level and needs can help you see your actual progress, your real communication, and help you continue to progress to the next level. Think it over and reach out to me if this gets your wheels turning. Being okay with good enough in a moment of time was a game changer for how I felt about my language learning and how I viewed my overall progress. So I'm really, really interested to see how it affects others as well. That concludes my episode for today. Next week, I will be absent as we enjoy our spring break, but join me again in two weeks, and I think I'm going to introduce the first episode of a segment I want to have each season called Good Advice Gone Wrong, where I talk about really good language learning advice that can easily go wrong for different types of language learners. This should be a fun one. As always, thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about language stuff. I hope you have an absolutely beautiful day wherever you're listening from. And until next time, ciao.